0: The past. It used to be a newspaper. The Buff Podcast. Not outclassed. Once on mass. Get it on. Should everyone go to the end of the game? The Buff Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Buff Podcast. My name's Mark Isles and I'm the chief football writer of the Bolton News. This is the show that says, "Take a running jump." If you think we're clearing all that glitter up pink, grab a dustpan and brush and don't miss the press box. On the show this week, we talk midfield creativity as the first bit of transfer gossip emerges. Josh Sheehan signs on, but will Yon Daddy Bavarsen follow him? Wanderers unveil a new shirt sponsor and the puns are sending me round the U-Bend. The Toffees are back at Bolton in a pre-season friendly. And we create a summer shopping list with our very special guest co-host. Yes, in DD, Henry Hewitt is away on his luxury yacht this week. So we will be bringing in some outside help later on in the show uh, to go through headlines and that sort of thing. But by way of a change, I thought I'd do the emails myself. So... Bring them in, Phil. Is that Philip Maresh? Emails, actually. Yeah, so many emails that I put to one side and say, I'll do those when we do an email special and then never do an email special. So this is going to be slightly email email heavier than we normally would do. Um, I finally got around to it, so let's get a few of these guys out the way. It's the summer. We can do what we like. The first one is from Andy B, who has emailed us before. I'm very sure of that. He says, Dear Mark and Henry, brackets who isn't here, of course. "Um, Hope you guys are well and not too disappointed after the playoffs. With sexy Kieran Lee now gone, do you think there's a lack of experience in the squad? And do you think that will change what Ian Everett looks for this summer? It sounded like a decision made by the player rather than the manager. But Mark may be able to explain that further on that front. There have been rumours about him retiring, but I've not seen anything from the player himself on social media. I also wanted to know if you thought there would have been more players moved on if we'd beaten Barnsley and Sheffield Wednesday and got to the Championship. Keep up the good work, says Andy. Okay, so let's split that into a couple of little segments. First off, of course... Um, experience we talk about that quite a lot on this podcast and and I think I think Andy you're right I think maybe a little bit towards the end of last season some of the naivety showed through it is quite a young team Um, some of the players that Ricardo Santos Gethin Jones Uh, uh, Kyle Dempsey they they are getting older and and becoming experienced or more experienced players but there still are quite a few um, babes in there if you will and Kieran Lee when he was on the pitch I always thought tactically speaking he kind of set the bar and you can't, people. People tended to kind of gravitate to what he was doing. I Baltimore a better team when he was on the pitch. So I think that has got to be kind of the 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 centre point of replacing him. Somebody who's going to be able to come in and lead from the front in that in that way. Obviously being able to play more games. Um. So yes, I think I get your experience thing. They brought in Cameron Jerome, of course. He's not really had the the impact that that probably. Ian Everett would have wanted or or, or Cam would have wanted. Um, hopefully that changes as sort of next season comes on. Um he's certainly at that end of his career. Off the field, I'm sure he's he's having a, a great benefit on players, but uh, on the field I still think they, they possibly do lack that obvious leader. Um the the idea of of Kieran retiring or not retiring, I've I've seen a few messages you know, I've read a few things that have been sent to me that over in Sheffield, people are talking about him retiring. Uh, that may have come from conversations that have not been on social media or not been in the public domain. I don't know. I have asked the question. I have asked Bolt Mondras as well. So far, there hasn't been any any comment on that front. So it's not for me to say, and it's certainly not for me to retire him. I hope he doesn't get to the stage that we had with with Mark Davis, where people were still asking me four or five years after the event. Has he retired? Has he got another club? Obviously, Kieran's thirty-five. We know he had um, a hip injury that you know he had before he turned up at Bolton. So that was a a thing that he had to train and work with and and manage all the way through. And I thought he did that terrifically well. And credit to the Bolton staff as well for getting those good good years out of him uh, that that they did. Whether it was a decision made by the player or not, I, I suppose we won't know until we speak to. To the people involved. But I suggest you are probably right. I suggest that, that Kieran will have known where he wanted to pitch himself and and whether or not he was he was in the kind of physical shape to be able to do that. So I think it's a it's a it's a shame. I obviously he's probably the one that most of us looked at and thought, you know, yes, we would have liked to see him next season, but um, I think he knows his body better than anybody else. So um, do I think there'd have been more players moved on? Had they got to the championship? Well, that is an interesting one. Obviously, we'll talk about Josh Sheehan, uh, who was out of contract, has been offered a new deal. Yonathan um, Varson again, same same boat. Uh, he hasn't signed his new contract yet, though. Um, and then you've got people like MJ Williams, Joel Dixon, that that, that were out of contract, and and MJ's had uh, his kind of clicking on. He's got an extra year because of the appearance on the last day of the season. Do I think there have been bigger changes? Yes, I do. I've got to be honest. I think had Bolton gone up, I think they would have had to have given themselves the scope in the squad to be able to play slightly differently. And I think me and Henry spoke about this a couple of weeks back where, you know, were Bolton Wanderers ready to go up? In a a sense, you could never turn it down. Of course you couldn't. But I do think that tactically speaking, that it would have involved a, a style of football against some of the bigger budgets and clubs up there that, that that does not suit Bolton. I think they have to be better at the style of football they're playing at the minute if they're going to go up and succeed with it. I, you know, I, I do believe, I genuinely do believe they can go and flourish in the championship playing this expansive brand of football. I know it's the fashionable way to, to say and the, the way to play and all that sort of stuff and there are other brands out there that are perfectly capable of of going exceed, succeeding in the championship but... This is the path that Ian Evans chosen. He's done it for a few years now. To reverse that and to try something different, don't give me this plan A, plan B rubbish. You have to have plan A working perfectly first before you start worrying about being able to play a completely different way. Yes, you can have little components. You can tweak in there. Yes, I do think you know Bob Varson in there or a, a, another target man in there would be useful on occasion um, to play slightly more direct or you know compete against the more physical teams. Um, but I think they have to be better at what they're trying to do now if they're going to get automatic promotion. They have to virtually perfect it at this level with the the level of players they've got. Um, they, they weren't quite there last year. And I think, in fairness to the manager, he said virtually every press conference, there's more to come, there's more to come. This group can get better. Well, now they have to. If they're going to get to automatic promotion, I wrote a piece earlier in the week, you know, they're going to need... Uh, a, 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 a hall of points if they went up this season they would have need to have got as many points as Colin Todd's team did in 96-97 in which is a club record 98 points that's phenomenal we're still talking about that team as being one of the most entertaining if not one of the best teams that we've ever seen Bolton Wanderers have that's the kind of level they're going to have to get to in, in this division um, that's the kind of level of consistency they're going to have to get to so it's it's by no means easy Um. And it's a big summer. What We'll talk a bit more about his shopping list, but it's a really big summer. They've got to get absolutely everything right. And I don't think you can afford to have too many fillers in there at all. So like I say, if they'd have gone up to the championship, yeah, I could have seen, could have seen a few more released or I could have seen a few more moved on. Um, but as things stand, they need to get the best out of what they've got. Uh, next one, next email is from Cliff, who has been tuning in from Dubai which is very nice. Um, lots of people tuning in from Dubai. That's, um, I am imagine that Henry has uh, briefly visited it on his world tour at some stage. Um, he also says Mark and Henry, not realising that Henry isn't here, but... He says, very much looking forward to the club improving its online offerings to fans who, like myself, cannot get to the stadium more than a few times a year. My job keeps me in the Middle East for much of the time. And I try to keep in touch via iFollow and, of course, through the articles in the Bolton News. Good lad. That's what I like to see. Um, what, What I would like to know is, can you see the current upturn in attendance is slowing down or even decreasing if it is deemed more convenient to watch games online in the future. I read with interest what Neil Hart had to say on the subject, and he clearly believes there will come a time where football shows all its games live to a streaming audience similar to the NFL. He seems confident that those who want to watch live games will continue to do so, but surely that will only come if live ticket prices and associated costs like food and drink are all reduced too. Look forward to listening to your thoughts on the matter. And that's from Cliff. Um, An interesting comparison made with NFL and with, I think, Neil mentioned things like NBA and such like that do stream all their games. Um, I think also you start talking about franchising and if, if attendances do dip off, then they're quite happy to cut a town's team and move it. I don't think we should necessarily learn from that. Um, American sports work in a particular way they consume sports in a particular way and I think it's going to take a long time to get the UK around to that and there's, a, there's a class element of course about football um, Saturday afternoons working class men going and watching their games and all that sort of stuff uh, it's, it's going to take a long time to change that if ever, if you'll ever manage it um, so I don't think it will be as simple as attendance is just dropping off we are at a stage now where the premier league have said they don't want the 3pm blackout to disappear which is good Uh, i think that's positive i think i personally my own my own view is that i would i would keep that sort of sacrosanct um and and try and work on everything else but can I see a time where it does change after maybe after this five-year deal that the EFL have just uh, agreed, you know, may, maybe, maybe. I'm not sure it's necessarily good for the game. I'm not sure necessarily embracing a lot of the uh, ideas that work in an American audience is is necessarily a good thing for the UK game. But, you know, it's it's an interesting debate. There's no doubt. I mean, Bolton's attendance is last, last year, I think it... Uh, if I'm right in saying it, just above 19,000 average, if you include the playoff game, which is phenomenal. And it's taken them a while to get that back, of course, after a lot of years in the wilderness and then post-pandemic and such like. it's uh, It's been difficult. But We are back at Premier League-ish levels now and that's tremendous considering the level of football that Bolton are playing at the minute. Um, a lot of it's come down to affordability i think the ticket price is absolutely marvelous at bolton i know you do have a few gripes and groans about about food offerings but again i think that's it's i mean we're told they do their market research on this sort of stuff it's not any more or less expensive as many of the other teams around them so it's it's on on par uh, but you're never going to in terms of the offerings you get you're never going to suit and and, and um, satisfy everybody. Everybody's always gonna have different uh, different opinions on that. Same with the music. Same with the music. I quite like the music, but I I know from reading social media at time to time, there's lots of people that groan and groan and groan about certain songs coming on and and all that sort of stuff. The, the bottom line is you're never gonna be able to suit everybody, um, and I, I don't think you should even even read too much about it either. But uh, I, I think. Uh, I do, I, I do think the blackout, at least guarantees lower level football slash non league, and and there's a there's an argument suggest if you got rid of the blackout and people are watching, uh, TV from their own, uh, sorry, watching football from their own own homes, that it might affect people that would say, oh my team's away, then I'll go out and watch a non league team. Surely that's something to preserve as well, because it's something very unique to UK football. That the, the non league scene is is absolutely fantastic and we operate a system of four professional leagues nowhere else does that and i think a lot of that is because of what we've got as far as the uh the kind of traditions that that have persisted um and if if you were to push it too far my personal opinion is that you would you would risk that and I wouldn't want to see that at all. Um, An interesting one. I'm sure it will come up again. I'm sure it will come up again in five years' time when that uh, broadcasting deal comes to an end. We know we're going to see differences on this new one. There's going to be a lot of faffing around, much like it was in the Premier League days. I'm sure people that that went and watched Bolton can remember, especially when they're in Europe, uh, that that games got moved here, there and everywhere whenever Sky wanted to... um, to to screen one or whenever they'd be playing in midweek and then you get a Sunday game. I think we're going to have to get our heads around that. That is going to ha- that is going to happen. Um, many people would say that's exactly a result of jumping into bed with Sky Sports back in the day in in the 90s when that happened. There's no going back now. That has happened. It's just going to it's going to happen uh, more and more. I think for Bolton, particularly if you're successful. At this level, um, you know, people are going to want to screen games. But it is financially um, a good thing for the club, which keeps that on a, a good level, which is a positive. It's not, it's not easy, is it? <laughs> it's not easy. Anyway, right, So let's have one last email. And this one is from James, who is another one of our international jet sets. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. He was he was one of the international jet set when he wrote this because he was traveling and he may well be back like in walked in or something with his feet up uh if uh, if he's done that now so let's just scroll down to his email there it is hi lads love the show so we didn't make the playoffs but what do you think that some of our players could now be picked off or do you think sorry that some of our players could now be picked off by clubs with more money to spend? Everyone moaned about selling Dapo in January, but if that means we can avoid problems like that down the road, that like that lot down the road, I think we're referring to Wigan, then I don't have a problem. Do you think that players like Dion Charles or Aaron Morley might go this summer? And if so, how much do you think they are worth? Interesting. Interesting, yes. Um, I think Bolton... I mean, we've said it so many times that Bolton have been a terrible selling club, and very few exceptions aside, we often feel shortchanged by some of the transfer fees that have that have happened in the last couple of decades, few decades, probably goes back further than that. There'll be older people that tell me that you know Paul Fletcher got <laughs> sold on on the sly or on the cheap at the start of the seventies. I'm sure this has happened time and time again, but in recent years whereas Bolton went through let's say the late 90s or mid to late 90s selling players and still you know experiencing some financial hardship but then having to sell players and to keep the the bank the bank going if you will um, they kind of lost their way on that in the last decade and and it's only now starting to to look like it's going to be the case again now DAPO was a a case in point they sold at a price they thought was good at a time that felt right to them. They felt that tactically they could cope without him. And that also he wanted to leave. He wanted to go and push on his career somewhere else. So all the stars aligned and that's, that's what happened again. It's a bit like the food and drink or the music. You're never going to please everybody. There's always going to be loads of views out there. And, and I totally accept that some people would just be miffed that they're not seeing Dapo Affaline in a Bolton shirt anymore. Um, I, one of them, I, I I would love to have seen what he could have done last season Um, or, or, seen some way of getting him into the team didn't happen, so we have to move on um, I'm sure people with, uh, with with longer memories than I or people that have been following Bolton will have said the same thing with Surchic or with uh, Stubbs or McAteer or Johnson. and, and every time you, you sell one of these key players, you always ask, you know, what happens next Bolton are in that position now of course. Um, this summer I think they are looking as strong financially or they they would seem to be as strong financially as they have been for some time. Obviously, we know about the bond scheme. There has been no indication that Football Ventures or BMLL Limited or any of the shareholders are not going to be putting in what they put in before. So that's stable as well. What they're looking for is something to boost them out of this division and to solidify in the championships, uh, championship rather. I don't think that comes necessarily with selling people like Dion or, or Morley, but if they were to get a, a decent offer, then again, I, I'd kind of trust them a little bit to have a sensible business head about it. What they're worth is, is pretty much what people will pay. Um, I did make the mistake of, uh, of looking at Transfer Market, which is one of the online resources that, that purports to know these things um, about market value. Um, And it's quite a depressing one, really, because when you look down the Bolton squad, the highest uh, rated player in terms of market value, according to transfer markets, which is by no means a a definitive thing, by the way, it's a a crowdsourced site, really. But anyway, the market value for Morley is a million pounds. George Johnston... Is eight hundred grand. Ricardo Santos seven hundred grand. Dion Charles seven hundred grand. Victor Adabiejo seven hundred grand. Somehow Victor's managed to increase his uh, value um, since January, so that's a, that's good. Um, Kyle Dempsey six hundred grand. Jon Dadaubas and five hundred grand. There you go. And uh, Kuchunga, who's just left on a free, is also worth four hundred and fifty grand. So they've missed out on something there. As I say, a bit, uh, a bit, um, a bit of a misnomer, but. I think Dion is probably the one player who obviously has goals. They're always something that inflates your value. Um, I don't suspect that he wants to leave. I'm, I'm pretty sure he wants to show he can score twenty goals plus next season. Uh, that's his his next target. Um, but you know, you never you never say never in this game, do you? So we will see. I don't think Bolton in under under. Uh, pressure to sell anybody in fact as i said before i think there is they're in as good position as they have been for a while um i just think um y- you can never say never in this game and especially with younger players like like your morley's um and like your george johnson's if if there's a championship club on with a with a really big budget who thinks yeah you know he's he's our man then I think Bolton have got to be sensible regardless of how ambitious you are I still think you have to be sensible and try and balance the books as best you can Okay, thank you very much for those emails I've got a few more reserved for next week but do keep them coming because I can change my mind I can change the order of play here is how to get in touch So you want to bring something up on the buff email Mark and Henry on the buffmail at gmail.com that's T H E. B-U-F-F-M-A-I-L, all one word, at gmail.com. And sorry to the mail escort who probably getting some unsolicited Bolton Wanderers correspondence from the people who spell that incorrectly. Okay, a little later than normally advertised, an advert. subscribers to the Bolton News will soon be able to access a brand new podcast series. And it's one that looks at a golden era in Bolton Wanderers history. Stop press. Bolton Wanderers in the 1990s will journey down some of the big stories and the big characters that packed the decade at Burden Park And at the Reebok Stadium, we'll be inviting special guests each and every week to give us their memories, trawling through the headlines and giving it the full nostalgia treatment. We've already recorded a couple. I've got a couple more coming up as well. Uh, We're going to put a a, a series of them together and try and release them on a weekly basis uh, for subscribers. Really, and even if I do say so myself, because I was involved, they really are an interesting listen. I absolutely adored listening uh, to the guests and and listening to some of the stuff filling in filling in gaps in knowledge that I I definitely didn't have kind of people that obviously experienced it from the terraces or or experienced writing about it at the time really really enjoying doing it so far and uh, I hope to record many many more of them Uh, so make sure you don't miss out make sure you get to listen to them the only way you can do it is by being a subscriber so go to theboltonnews.co.uk backslash subscribe see what our latest offer is there's always one going on so um, just check it out Okay, that is enough of that. Henry Hewitt isn't with us this week. Um, he mentioned something to me earlier about helping his uh, helping his Saudi mates buy golf or mm-hmm. something like that. I can't remember what it was. But instead, we're joined by a special guest who gets the special guest jingle. Hewitt's coming off. He's not happy. take his Lloyd's Grove sock off. He's replaced by... It's the voice of I follow. It's Mr. Derek Clark. Derek, I do yeah. mate.
1: Oh, brilliant. I'm delighted to be back on my favourite podcast, Mark. So thanks for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. He doesn't do the wanderer.
0: They can't afford him. They can't. Afford no, no,
1: him. no, 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 no. That's not my vibe. That's not my vibe. It's <laughs> a buffest his hat.
0: Ah, oh, we've got a vibe. I can't believe we've got a vibe. That's uh, that's... that's what the
1: kids. That's what the kids say these days, is it not? It's, it's, that's uh, that's, that, that, that's the word for cool these days, is it not?
0: I think it is. I think if 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 nothing else on the buff podcast, we are cool and down with the kids. Yeah,
1: uh, absolutely. Every, every
0: time I look at our demographics on the listenership, I think, yeah, do you know what? We really are touching on. Uh, touching <laughs> on the, 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 the kids, the vibe. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. anyway, I digress. I digress. Mr. Clark, you are here um to, to help us pick through this week's uh, this week's headlines and then we're gonna have a discussion in a bit about where we think uh, Mr. Everett might be shopping. Um so mm. uh well I'm gonna let's go headlines jingle then. That's the way you go. <laughs> News. Yes, headlines. This is going to be weird because normally Henry, Henry picks out the headlines and yeah. tells them to me, and then so I'm going to have to. This I'm going to, going to have to kind of inhabit the body of Henry a little bit. Don't, <laughs> just uh, it's like methadone. Why don't you
1: put on, a, why you, yeah, why you put on a, a Henry accent? Do your your your, your best Henry
0: accent, and people uh, <laughs> will just think that he's here. Well, we already get enough trouble between the two of us. <laughs> he already gets enough sexy voice emails. Uh, we yeah, don't, I we bet don't he need, does. We don't need any more of them. Um, I'm fed up of being told that I don't sound Bolton enough. So I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna leave that there. And you've got no sodding <laughs> chance anyway. Um... Oh
1: no, no chance. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah best leave that there.
0: <laughs> Little spoiler alert: Derek Clark isn't from Braithwaite. Just in case anybody yeah, was yeah, wondering. Yeah, got Corner. <laughs> um right okay well i need to get your your opinion on the big story of the week then because uh mm. wanderers have announced a new shirt sponsor um a two-year deal with victorian plumbing which when paired together with the tough sheet stadium lends itself mm. to i mean just how i mean here you go <clears throat> I guess that means the club are quite flush then. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Bada boom. Yes. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah, what, do you, what do you reckon? Victorian plumbing, you having that? Uh, you know what? When I seen the announcement, I was
1: thinking, I think I've used these guys before. Um, I'm sure that there's Victorian plumbing and there's uh, Victoria plumbing because uh, ah. I'm sure I've am sure I got I my uh, my bathroom done by one of them and something uh, I had to phone up to get another part or something and I phoned their own company because they're so similar. But... Uh, I think if it's the guys I'm thinking of they have done a cracking job uh with my bathroom so uh yeah, it's great to see them on board with uh, Bolton Wanderers I think uh, that's uh yeah um it's a good news all round I think
0: I yeah uh, I I don't want to know as a to which part of the plumbing you use the most there mate but you know (laughs) yeah if if it's got the Derek Clark seal of approval it's all right by me it's all right by me uh service service my car uh who who are obviously stepping out they they caused a Mm. bit of a splash last year because I think a lot of people looked at where you know where the company was from where where the money was from there was a couple of eyebrows raised I'll miss that little little black car I I thought it was all right I think it was okay
1: me too, yes. Yeah. Uh, and it'll be synonymous, of course, as well with that trip down to Wembley this season as well, won't it? So I think, I mean, your your vintage shirts are all the rage these days, aren't they? I think in about 25 years' time, I think they'll be bringing them out and they'll have that, that plastered on the front. And I think uh, they'll be uh, making a few sales uh, off that. So, uh, yeah, I think they've done a a, a sterling job, didn't they? So, uh, yeah, hard act to follow, the old uh,
0: old clubbing business. But, um,
1: yeah, listen, I think... Uh, any money that gets brought into the football club should be welcomed, I think.
0: Well, by you know, by all accounts, and certainly the, I, I had a chat with Neil Hart a couple of weeks back, and he said the shirt sponsorship was, was a lucrative one. He was really happy with that gone. The uh, stadium sponsorship with Tough Sheet is one of the biggest outside the Premier League. So they're starting oh, yeah. to get, you know, commercially it's starting to look quite good. I mean, how... How easy do you think it'll be to, to sort of uh, drop into Tough Sheet Community Stadium mode? I, I wrote it in a story for the first time uh, today and it, it felt incongruous. I, I struggled a little bit because like Uniball was just, it was like shorthand to me, but Tough yeah. Sheet Community Stadium, not so much. As a commentator, Derek, as a man who who you know, he lives and dies by his words. How do, how do you think you're going to manage it?
1: <laughs> well, I, I apologise now because uh, I'm going uh, to... Guaranteed I'm going to slip up at one point so uh, I apologise now for uh, uh, cursing on air. Um but listen, I think... Even the owner, I think it has a bit of fun with that when it initially got uh, announced, didn't he? He couldn't wait for it to be uh, mispronounced on Sky so, uh, yeah, listen, I think, like you say, Mark, a lot of money has been brought in with this so local company as well which is fantastic so uh, yeah it's great Uh, and yeah it's a bit of a a mouthful isn't it so I wonder if you can uh, abbreviate it somewhat Um, I I don't know if uh, we can go down that the uniball route Uh, if you you try to go shorthand with the the tough sheet uh, community stadium uh, can we shorten that in any way shape or form do you think Uh,
0: can we TCS we could could start calling it the TCS Mm -hmm. I suppose the, uh, the, I
1: like uh, tough. I like I like tough sheet. A tough sheet's good.
0: Yeah, tough sheet. know I, Yeah, I think the t- the tough sheet. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. The the the, 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 the com, whatever it might be. I just yeah. <laughs> we, we can we can play about with it however you want to. Do. Yeah, great. It's been a while since I've had to reach for the bleep button. Now I've got to find where the bleep button is on my uh, editing tools again. Great. <laughs> Cheers, Derek. You come on for one week and already I'm Edward and fantastic Disaster. Yeah. yeah. Right, (laughs) let's move swiftly on. Uh, The other big story of the week, I think, was uh, that Josh Sheehan has signed a new two-year deal. Good news for him. A lot of people say, "Okay, well, there's one other player that's uh, got a deal in the offing. That's Jorn Daniel Varson. Does he come next? What's your gut feeling, Derek? Do you reckon he will?
1: Uh, I hope so. Yeah, I think he can certainly contribute. Of course, he's been uh, mightily unfortunate with, with injuries, hasn't he? Um, that have plagued him, and it's it's a real shame because I think he, he's a he's a cracking big player, knows the way to goal, and I think he would have, I think you would have hit upwards of uh, if he wasn't injured last season, then then possibly uh, pushing uh, Dion close to hitting those uh, those twenty goals. So uh, yeah, I think uh, that for me is a no-brainer. Of course. It, you want to see him on the pitch more than he's on the treatment table, but um, yeah, you can't have it as as uh, frustrating a season he had last year. Hopefully, um, and he can come back, hopefully get a pre season under his belt and come back stronger for for next season. Because I certainly think uh, in League One, yeah, I still think he can he can he can do the business in the Championship. To be honest, I know he, mm. he sort of struggled uh, where he was before he joined Bolton uh, at Millwall, of course, but I think he can have a a real big part to play next season, which is going to be, of course, the demands are going to be ramped up, aren't they, after a, a, a successful season? Uh, I know it ended in disappointment with the playoffs, but ultimately it was a, a successful season over the piece, uh, and you know, Ian Everett has managed to improve the side year on year. So I think having players fit of the calibre of Bud Varson, uh will be uh, imperative, I think, if, if Bolton are going to be looking at towards those uh, Automatic uh, places uh, next season, but I was delighted that Josh signed that new mm. contract uh, as well. I think he's another one, isn't he? That, 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 that this came back from injury, and w- when he's on it, he's like a like a Rolls Royce of a player at times. W- when he's just uh, spraying passes around and dictating play, so uh, yeah, I was delighted to see that. Hopefully, he stays clear of injury next season because I think he can be a big player also. So um, yeah, that is uh, you want to tie down your assets, don't you? I'm sure there'll be a number of clubs that would love to take. Josh Sheehan uh, uh, took to the football club. So uh, I think it's important to get get these lads tied down and uh, look forward to next season.
0: Lovely beard as well, Josh Sheehan. Lovely that beard. That is a lovely
1: beard. That is a lovely beard, yeah. Uh, beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As, tidy, yeah, as tidy as
0: any beard's been since Aaron Wilbraham for me, I've got to say. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he maintains that. He, he maintains that really well, doesn't he? I I'm not sure what what products he use or, uses on there. Maybe I should get some tips from him. Uh, mine, <laughs> mine's is about all over the shop, so uh, maybe I'll ask him next time I bump into him.
0: <laughs> First question, Josh. How do you, yeah, yeah, how do you yeah, take yeah, care of yeah. your beard? <laughs> that's, that's the way to go. <laughs> Don't <laughs> no, bother about, about the game, I just want to know your regime, yeah. that's all I yeah. care about.
1: <laughs> your regime, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I'm with you, I'm with you. Actually, a guy asked us before in one of the emails that he said, you know, had Bolton got to the Championship, do you think there would have been more changes? Do you think that maybe Sheehan or maybe even they would have did have said goodbye? And it, it was a good question because mm. you possibly maybe needed to make more space in the squad to get different types of players in if they'd gone to the Championship, but this... I I do think Bud Varson will sign. I do think Bob Varson will sign. I think he's very comfortable at Bolton. He likes the place. Yeah. He's an awful luck, awful luck with injury, um, but I think if uh, you know, depending on the the, there's obvious trepidation from Bolton's point of view on his injury record in the last twelve months. You don't. I don't think they're going to go. Overboard. I think they'll they'll offer him something, you know, maybe a year, and say, "Listen, you yeah, play X number games, that, yeah. you get another one." Um, with with Josh, I'm glad he got two years because it has been a, a bad one for him. But I think it would have been interesting to see had they gone up into the championship whether or not those two offers would have been on the table.
1: Yeah, I think I think Josh. For me, I, I, I'd, have, I'd have still given that 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 new contract. I think he yeah. deserves it. I think he can deliver in the championship. Uh, Jon, yeah, you're right with that one. There will be a bit of trepidation. You don't want to be uh, paying a player a substantial amount of money just to sit in the stand and and be on the treatment table, don't you? So uh, Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure it'll be reflective of um, uh, what they're offering him in terms of uh, the opportunity he has on on the pitch as well. But if they can get him fit and firing, then for me, he's 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 an absolute asset. I I don't think they have anyone. Uh, like yawn uh, in the squad at the moment. It remains to be seen if... if um, I'm sure we'll touch on where the manager will look to identify areas to strengthen um, the squad, uh, and I'm sure the forward line will be uh, one such area. But, um, yeah, Jon for me is an interesting one if they'd went up. I think... He's, the thing is, like you say, he's a, he's a fan's favorite. He loves the area, doesn't he? Just he mm. bought into it as, as soon as he, he joined the club, and everyone loves him. Uh, even the little clips of playing football in the car park and all that with, with, with kids, he's, it's just fantastic to see. You really see that uh, players these days um, uh, giving giving up their time, but that makes memories for those young kids for that last a lifetime, doesn't it? So you just hope he's getting he gets back onto the pitch because it uh, can he, he, he's, He's such a he, he's a good he's a big target man isn't he but he, yes. he he's good feet for a big man as the saying goes so uh, yeah i just hope we can get him fit and firing next season because he can play a, a big part like i said um what did he end up he ended up with eight goals eight. was it yeah, I'm sure. eight yeah eight, last yeah, season yeah. so um yeah i'd have doubled that easy for me if he's clear of injury so uh, yeah touchwood we can uh, get him fit and firing for next next season
0: I should just clear up as well, uh, in case Jon's solicitors are listening. When Derek said he was playing football with kids, he was playing football <laughs> yeah, yeah, with yeah. kids um, in the yeah, yeah, car park. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. No wrongdoing yeah, yeah, yeah. on his
0: part That's <laughs> yeah. all. He's a nice guy. He's a nice guy, that's all yeah. I can say. <laughs> he's a nice
1: guy, yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, right, the next one, and this is something that broke today. I was so happy to be the first person to have tweeted about this one. Towels have been banned by the EFL. Finally. (laughs) At last. Have that, Barnsley. I can only imagine the the worst job in the world now for the next couple of months will be the customer service representative at Dunelm in Barnsley because they are going to be bringing back (laughs) thousands of the bleeders. I can only imagine what that is going to be like. I just hope they kept the receipts because Barnsley could go under if that's the case. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no longer are you allowed to use anything that's passed on, even if it's from a supporter, uh, to dry the ball. Um, Somebody very astutely said to me before, does that mean you can't even dry it on your shirt? Which is interesting. Yeah. We'll we'll deal with that one bit that bit first, Derek. That's good news yep. because it, it, I mean, it bored the pants off me. I've got to say, long throws oh. bore the pants off me.
1: Yeah, uh, not just that. I mean, you're talking about Barnsley; they seem to have like 50 tills dotted around the ground, didn't they? So it's incredible. Uh, I think Lofty stole one, did he not? When they were they at the the Ball as well. So uh, good on good on the big Lofty there. But yeah, uh, yeah I, I'm, I'm with you with this one. Uh, long overdue for me. Uh, there's other clubs as well. I think if I recall, Morecambe, uh, there was an issue. They, they, I'm sure they, they they were up to a bit of uh, skullduggery, as you like to call it, with uh, regards to the, the tills at some points as well. So, uh, yeah, the get, uh, they've got the chop. Um, but it will be interesting, like you say, like you, you do see players drying the ball with the inside of their jersey, don't you? And stick it <laughs> under their jersey and dry it. So, uh, I'm sure they'll be sort of scratching their heads at a number of clubs that do like the, the long throw and, Wasting a bit of time, shall we say, um, with drying the ball. They'll be trying to come up with another sort of plan to uh, eat in a bit of a time. But uh, yeah, all for that. Good, good, good news that from the Good uh, decision that from the EFL.
0: I mean, time wasting. The teams will find a way, no matter what. And yes. I'll, I'll factor in the second bit because the EFL have also said there's going to be a multi-ball system now. So there are going to be cones around that's the good. pitch with a ball on, a bit like the Premier League where the ball gets played on very, very quickly and the the play keeps going. I'm sure that Ian Everett will clap his hands in delight at that because that's something he tries to use, uh, you know, gets the ball boys to get the ball in play as fast as they can do as far as the uh, the uniball or the tough sheet as it is now. Um, yeah. So that's, that's something Bolton will appreciate. But... Time-wasting has been around since time in Morium, and I'm sure that teams will find some other way of doing it until referees really do crack down and it'll be interesting to see how much referees actually do enforce these rules or whether this is just, just another kind of placatory guideline that they do often roll out in the EFL and it kind of like, oh yeah. well, you know, it, it's they're not supposed to do it but what are you going to do?
1: Yeah, well how many times have we heard Ian Ma- you know, never come up to the press conference and he talks about teams coming to uh, the tough sheet, just the time waste in the first half, uh, and you're wanting the referee yeah. to be to nip it in the bud there and then. If he does that, issues a yellow card and that's it, over with. But um, he let it. Usually, you see you see the officials there, at linger, and then they maybe dish out cards nearing the end of the game. So, uh, yeah, that's as a bugbear of mine. I've got to say, you know, to be fair, I don't blame teams for doing it when 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 they come and play Bolton anything to, to, to win and, and try and get gain an advantage but it's up to the officials I think to uh, latch on to it and, and nip it in the bud early but uh, yeah I'm sure there'll be weird and wonderful ways that, that, that teams will come and, and park the bus and, and just try and uh, waste a bit of time the multi-ball thing is uh, terrific I think that's the way to go I think that should have been introduced uh, a while ago in all honesty but uh, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I don't think we're going to see the end of uh, time wasting, unfortunately, in any way, shape or form. Especially at home, um, you know, they, they come and set their stall out a lot of these teams. Even Barnes and that, that playoff uh, first leg, of course, they came, they had a, a game plan in mind. And like you say, we're just t- discussing about the till system. They came there uh, and set their stall out um, and, and it worked in, in the main. So uh, yeah, it's just the uh, officials get wise to that. Hopefully they do, um, but I don't hold out much hope. I've got to admit.
0: Yeah, I mean they, they came out and they set out the towels like a, a, stereoty- <laughs> yes. a stereotypical pool beat uh, pool yeah, yeah, bar in yeah, 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 Marbella yeah, yeah. or something. I, I was gonna I was gonna regionally stereotype there, but I'm not going to mention any sort of nationality for fear of the lawyers <laughs> getting in touch with me again. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think that's the way. That's the way to knock Bolton out of the stride. This is the thing. I think a yeah. lot of teams have noticed it now. It's, it's something they're going to have to, whether it be by bringing in new players or bringing in a, a different approach or finding a way past it, I don't know. But it's definitely something they're going to have to deal with because it seemed like everybody had the same blueprint, how to slow yep. the game down, how to annoy, whether it be the, the dugout or the players. And as soon as you'd gone to the skin... That's when they're not playing the football anymore, and that's when Bolton are, you know, not as not as uh, as involved in the game.
1: Yeah, uh, and you I mean you've heard Dean Everett saying as well. I mean, it in- impacts them at the end of the game where mm. they're wasting so much time in the first half and, and so little time's added on at the end of the game in terms of injury time and what have you. So it's it's a catch twenty two if you like. But um, yeah, uh, I don't know how you stop it. Well. If, if, you just hope the officials uh, spot it early, and and they're brave enough just to nip it in the bud early as well, because uh, we can spot it up in, in the gantry. Um, it's clear as day what's going on, mm-hmm. um, but unfortunately, the officials uh, really uh, see it and they allow it to, uh, to 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 manifest itself. But you see the I mean, you see the in the year of the fourth official as well. you you're wanting him to intervene at times as well. I know at um, various points where the, the fourth official can't get involved and what have you, but uh, the officials are a team themselves, so that you'd like to think that they can all sort of help the referee spot anything if he hasn't spotted uh, the time-wasting himself but uh, yeah, uh, unfortunately I predict a number of teams that will come to the, the tough sheet next season looking, like you say, Marty put uh, Bolton off their stride and uh, one of the ways to do that is to Uh, you slow the game down and uh, make it stop-start and and, uh, make it a frustrating uh, afternoon. So, uh, yeah, uh,
0: look forward to more of that next season. Mm, Nah, it bugs me, I swear to God. Fourth officials, you know, they've got a way now in in the Premier League to use people sat in a van, you know, I don't even know, in the car park hundreds of miles away, don't know, but they're they're communicating with them, They're, they're impacting on a game from the VAR Wagon wherever they are, and yet yep. we can't get away of a referee who stood fifty yards from his fourth official to talk into microphones that are already there. It it yeah. just that's silly to me. But anyway, yeah. uh, we've been on that bandwagon before. Let's get off that one. Let's get on a different <laughs> one. Um, Everton coming to the tough sheet in July, July twenty fifth, the Tuesday. Nice for a bit of uh, Premier League opposition. And one of the guys who will be looking to be involved in that game is Jack Iredale. And a little bit of a forgotten man, in some sense, that kind of Bolton found a way of dealing without him easier, potentially, than they did Bodvarsson. However, getting him back in there will be really interesting, because it's still, for me, where is he pitched? Is he a left wing-back, or is he a left centre-half? Who Who is he? Who is he directly up against?
1: it's an interesting wasn't it I, I, I like Jack I thought he they started off well um, big solid player down that left hand side and then of course he's been really unfortunate with uh, injury himself so uh, yeah it'll be an intriguing one I think George Johnson's got that left sided centre back position nailed down um, I don't think he's uh, displacing him so he's 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 over on that left wing back you've got Randell Williams there he'll be wanting to start um, as well Um Declan John, of course, get, get, play, came in and after frozen out last season, didn't he? and he Came in and, and mention, played a me, part. So. Mention
0: Declan John, or else we'll get emails.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
0: please, please. Declan John, very much in there, very much involved. Uh, yeah, yeah. he half have a fan club. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, not half. Um, so it'll be interesting. Listen, I can't. The heavy, heavily congested over in that left hand side. Mm. Uh, so I mean. But will one player look to be moved on in the summer, who knows, but I'd like to see more of, of, of Jack Ayrdale, I've got to for certain games I think he adds a bit of physicality uh, that you need, to, I know that Ian Ebbett pitched him in for, for certain games where they're maybe under the course a little bit and they needed that bit of height and a bit of physicality in there, so um, I think certainly th- there is a place for him in, in the squad next season um, uh, and likewise I, I know we know the manager likes to Rotate his players from time to time, depending on the opposition he's coming up against. So uh, I think Ban uh, again, like Yon, uh, I think Touchwood will uh, stay clear of injury next season because I, th- I certainly think he can he can play a part. But uh, yeah, it'll be in, it'll be intriguing uh, to see how uh, he sets up next season. But we'll even look to bring someone else in over on that left hand side. I don't think it's a priority. I've got to say. Um, I think the right hand side, as we know, Connor. Uh, leave and they the world Need to bring someone in Well they can bring someone in as, uh, At that level Where it means to be seen But uh, Yeah The left hand side I think I think the manager Should be quite relaxed About that heading into the next season I'd imagine
0: Well it's funny You should mention that I think it's time We <laughs> talk to a bit A bit of transfer rumour Sing us a song Simon Andy Johnson Hanging around Second cousin saw him at the training ground. Miguel Veloso subsiding every time. He just can't ride on the dotted line. Transfer rumours gossip. That's rumors. correct. Uh, AFC Wimbledon's you. midfielder, Ethan Chislett, was this summer's first proper bit of transfer gossip. Uh, Bolton, Portsmouth, and Wickham apparently chasing him. Personally speaking, I can see there being something in it because his position checks out, style of player checks out. Um, he's out of contract as well, so he won't be paying too much other than a bit of compost, so keep your eye on that one. But with Derek being here and having watched Bolton um, near enough every single week last season, I think you actually watched him more than me, Derek, to be honest. Um, I thought we'll have a look at every, every position on the pitch and see... What sort of shopping list that Ian Evitts going to have? Um, for starters, Derek, you you wouldn't imagine that he's going to tinker with the shape of the team. So we're we're looking at three four one two.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think he'll, he'll he'll change from what he adopted uh, well, from day dot. Really, hasn't he? Pretty, pretty much. Uh, yeah. yeah, near enough. Yeah. So I think it'll be very much similar to what we've seen uh, last season. Um, yeah, three four. Uh, 1-2, uh, I think, is the way it will go with the, the two wing-backs. He likes the two wing-backs of course, doesn't he? Like mm. I say, it depends if you can bring someone in that's so progressive as as Connor was. Um, I know he brought, well, we had, we had Marlon Fossey before that, didn't we? And, mm. um, even Geth has is, is played out in that, that right wing-back uh, position as well, so uh, I'm sure he'll be he'll be looking for similar with whoever he brings in.
0: Well, the only thing with, with the right side there, the only player I can think other than Geth, who I agree, I think he's He's primarily the centre half now. I don't think that's going to change. Um, yeah. Kieran Sadley is the only other player. He's kind of back in play yeah. now. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't think he's a, a, an option personally, but he is back in play, and he's still got a year left on his contract. So, um, you know, from a short term point of view, you've probably got a couple of players there who could play there through preseason, and um, you know, make it so that. It's not an absolute emergency. Obviously, they've got rid of, uh, of Isgrove now, so that's one one of those yeah. options gone. Um, I'm not as, as certain, you know, that there's not a, a, an argument for a left wing back because I, I don't see at the moment um, as the Hells Angels drive past my house for yeah. some reason. I have no idea why. Um, I don't I don't know that... Uh, Jack Ildell certainly does a job for a certain type of team. I think Declan John does a job for a certain type of team and I'm not sure kind of where Randall Williams pitches himself. We've not seen the best of him yet. Mm. Um, So I I think personally, if you're going to balance it out properly, you do need somebody who's going to be commanding that position, but um, we shall see. Yeah, there may be a bit of movement
1: then in that front. The thing with I when I mean, he joined, he was hardly playing for Hull City, was he? So um, yeah, it took him a little while to get up to speed. Um, I would like to see him getting a full pre-season under his belt. And then, well, listen, the manager watches him day in, day out. He'll be able to assess where he is and if he's able to contribute next season. But um, I think there's certainly a player in there. We've touched on that the long throws. He's the one guy in the squad that can launch the ball into the the penalty area, isn't he? But uh, yeah, I thought he showed in flashes that he's a good player, Randall, last season. But it's just consistency, I think, and whether he can contribute uh, on a a consistent basis. That is the big question. Um, Like you say, Declan as well. It will be interesting if he does bring another uh, left-sided wing back in, then... Um, four 4 doesn't go into one does it so I think that there might be a bit of movement there mm.
0: No it's interesting that's that's the one area of the pitch where I could see there being some enforced change May, maybe up front as well but we'll get on to that one I mean, centre half wise Ayadale uh, obviously can't play that left hand side, George Johnson I would have said would have been first choice Rico Santos we know is first choice you've got Gethin Jones and Owen Toll in that mix as well, I think they're quite well stocked for centre halves now aren't they
1: yeah, I don't think that's an area of real concern, really. Just like we touched on injuries earlier on, you just hope that, uh, I mean, the timing of the injuries last uh, last mm. season was uh, was terrible when uh, Toll and Santos were out saying that. MJ came in and... Maldini. Uh, yeah, christened him by Paolo Maldini. So, uh, mm. uh, so he did do a, a, a bad job, did he? So, yeah, I think that the centre-back positions, I think unless uh, there's... Uh, 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 an offer that's made for uh, one of those players is uh, lucrative and one that the the board would sit down and, and think about then. You'd imagine that Johnston, Toll and Santos are, um, are your back three and Gethin Jones we touched on as well. So uh, you're very strong in the uh, in the centre-back positions, I'd, I'd say. So that being said, do you think it, it might look to maybe bring in a a, a lone player perhaps? We've seen that uh, looking Betty come in and, and Jack never quite worked for him, of course. But do you think it might look to... Bring another body in I think the fact that Jack Adios a bit of a hybrid player, isn't he? he can play and likewise Gethin Jones. If he can come in and play the the centre back roles. I'm not necessarily sure that they they'll be looking to bring in another another centre back. But who knows? Maybe,
0: maybe, maybe. I mean, I I I've got to say, as as I'm sat here today, there there was a. a, a a couple of rumours saying that Toll had actually stepped away from the training camp at Northern Ireland, saying there was an injury involved. I haven't had that confirmed from the Irish FA yet. Um, but mm-hmm. if that's the case, then hopefully that's not a, n- nothing that's going to th- impact all what we're talking about here. But yes, one injury and all of a sudden you're having to change things around. I'd rather be overstocked than understocked. Yeah, um, They didn't replace uh, Ameson when they moved him on in January. Um, with a permanent player, they they brought in Embete and, and as you say, it didn't quite work out there but uh, maybe the fact that Williams was so adept when he dropped in there that, that maybe that that covers that one for him. Um, mm. Certainly, central midfield I think is the one that has created most debate um, in the last few weeks since the end of the season because there's some, some good players. Obviously, they've re-signed Sheehan. Uh, Aaron Morley is a, is a good asset, I would say. For Bolton now, um, lots of really good creative stats uh, for coming from him last season Kyle Dempsey, second half of the season found his voice, looks like he's uh, moved on as a player, he seems to be yeah. you know, at that level now um, MJ had the, had the injury, had the operation but came back and, and his versatility looks good and then George Thomason as well to, to throw that in there, he's bounced back from injury, played his part I think there's more to come from him as well. There are some good players there, but they're missing Kieran Lee. And I would argue yeah. that none of those five players have got the same experience or the same kind of creativity that, that Lee brings you. So is that is that kind of the attacking side of the centre midfielder, the number 10 maybe, the one that Bolton really need?
1: Yeah, totally agree. I think uh, Lee Lee's huge. It's just unfortunate that they, I mean, he's, his body doesn't he's let him down at times, didn't it? He? He, he, would, he would love to have played uh, every minute of every game, but unfortunately we was just unable to. Um, I think they need to add a bit of experience. It's a very youthful squad, I think. Ian you know, Evitz touched on that a number of times last season as well. as a youthful squad, so a bit of experience in, in the engine room might be uh, an idea going forward. and yeah, and that, that number ten role, someone with a, a wise head, a good football brain, basically Kieran Lee, but uh, yeah. but with the, the fitness is what you're looking for. Uh, <laughs> Get so, uh, Benjamin
0: Button pills over the summer. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Turns up as a nineteen year old again.
1: Yeah, so uh, hopefully, uh, Chris Markham uh, is out there and, and identifies someone of that hope to bring him in. I think that that's certainly an area I think that they should be looking to strengthen in. Uh, I'm not too sure off the top of my head what sort of players uh, sort of stick out. Um, but uh, well, I like tell you, one, of...
0: one that did, did jump out to me, and I don't, is somebody one of these uh, players that play against Bolton, and all of a sudden Bolton fans were saying, "Well, why haven't they got a player like him?" And it was Dan mm. Crowley that played at Cheltenham. Um, yes, he was a, a you know kind of diminutive number ten type. He's now out of contract this summer, and I, I did wonder, I did wonder.
1: Yeah, yeah, it'd be worth a point, a freebie. Um, he certainly would do worse. he mm. certainly he did well. It caught my eye as well. I thought it was a decent player. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm sure there'll be there'll be a number of players that will be there'll be will be looking over it and and uh and looking at the possibility of bringing in. But uh, yeah, I'm sure there's bargains to be had uh out there. It'll be interesting, in fact, to see where where Kieran Lee ends up as well. Incidentally, I, I, I think you could still do a job for a team in League One. Would you... Would, would you I've I'm, I'm no idea where you'll end up, to be honest, but I still think you could do a job for somebody. Um, yeah. That's almost not against Bolton, that's for sure. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I think they need to add a bit of, a bit of experience in that, in that attacking midfield role. Um, I think uh, the players that you mentioned, Thomason, I think, has came on leaps and bounds. Morley, uh, you know what you're going to get with him. I think he had a, a couple of dips in form, but in the main he delivered uh, most weeks Josh Sheens we touched on as well as uh, a great asset to have but i think yeah just a, a wiser head in there i think would would be good just for the, the squad as well. all i think a bit experience in there would be would be pretty good
0: so that leaves us with the the front men. now we he never you know the the final whistle had only been gone about 15 minutes and he was out talking to us <laughs> and and you know he's 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 going to be building this team towards automatic promotion um but it was goals that were missing now Dion Charles, obviously, had got his 21 in all competitions last season. That's fantastic. But elsewhere, not enough goals from midfield. Bad Varsen aside, probably not enough goals from anywhere, really. Um, And people maybe looked at the strikers and said, well, that naturally means you need another striker. I'm not sure whether or not it it means more he needs a a more attack-minded midfielder. But of the other options, aside from Dion, who you'd expect to lead the attack again... We've got uh, Victor Adebayejo who came in in January for a decent amount of money, hasn't quite gelled yet, not quite seeing the best of him, Hope, hopefully see more obviously we've talked about uh, Jan um, I reckon he'll get that deal done, I reckon he'll, he'll be at Bolton next season hopefully, um, and then Cameron Jerome who we're talking about bringing in experience that's a, a perfectly experienced player who just hasn't had any sort of game time, so there's probably scope there to bring in at least one striker um, who could potentially play alongside Dion
1: Totally agree, yeah I, I mean, they were very wasteful last season, Bolton Burnley. Really, I mean, Ian never did touch on that a, a few times. That, um, the chances that they do create, that they, they just need to be more cutthroat in the in the penalty area. So, um, but I don't necessarily think it, yeah all blame should be placed on the uh, on the strikers as a team game after all. But yeah, yeah, Dion. Uh, obviously, he's your main man, but you want someone. in, of course, Elias. Uh, uh, is left, Kachunga's uh, departed so of course, yeah. um, you need someone coming in uh, I know he, he splits opinion amongst the fan base with regards to what he contributes in terms of uh, numbers but I think his all round game was uh, uh, was beneficial uh, when he was at the club but uh, certainly you're looking for someone to come in that's going to uh, guarantee uh, double figures in, in goals um, fortunately I think uh, more often than not, these lads cost money. Look at Victor, like you mentioned there, Mark. He cost a, <laughs> uh, a fair bit of money bringing him in uh, in January from uh, Burton Albion. And, and you're right, it hasn't quite worked for him so far. But I think... Uh, I still think he's he, he's he's a quality player. I, I think he's too good for it not to work. Um, I think everyone's hoping that, that it does work for him. Cameron Jerome, it's just... Not quite worked for him, but you're right he's he's had little snippets here and there just coming on late on in games he's not really had a uh, a run of a run of games uh, necessarily so um yeah, I definitely think the scope to bring in definitely one maybe two forward players uh, uh in the summer um so yeah that that would be an interesting one but as i mentioned that a lot of these players cost uh, cost a bit of money um I'm not too sure of the off the top of my head what uh Strikers are out of contract at this moment in time I don't know if mm. you've got that list up in front of you But uh, yeah, I think uh, certainly the, the forward areas Is an area of the pitch uh, that we will need to improve upon I think he, the manager said that, didn't you? Oakwell, when we were speaking to him after that, that game at Barnsley um, He's obviously looking to enhance and improve the squad And move on uh, even further And I think the forward areas is certainly a position That um, they'll need to improve in
0: mm. Yeah, I mean, he said virtually straight away, didn't he, that there would be money to spend. It sounded quite confident yep. in that. It looks, from everything we've seen since then, that there's going to be money to spend uh, the, the way that the club have been... Um, we've been talking the bond scheme all that sort of stuff This 15,000 season tickets as well which is another big boost to the coffers everything looking good on that front for Bolton at the moment Um, so let's just review that uh, shopping list Um, two goalkeepers which we didn't even talk about but I think that's just a given we can't go into the yeah. season without anybody um, You know, <laughs> yeah. finding another James Trafford good luck with that one but anyway I wonder,
1: um, if, I wonder if the EFL allows us to go any man save and just uh,
0: <laughs> fly keeper
1: just like, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Could work. It could work. We might finally find out who was going to go in goal uh, if, if, yes. uh, if Traff would have been injured. Um, yeah. Harry Brockbank turns out from, <laughs> from out the stands. Um, <laughs> I still think it's Santos, by the way, but never mind. Um, mm. So we're going to have two, two goalkeepers, uh, centre half, um, two right backs, a left back, a st- central midfielder and at least two strikers at least one striker so um with less than 60 days left to the start of the season get your skates on Evo. come on get the che- <laughs> get the checkbook out we want to be talking about new signings i think we're about a week away from the opening of the transfer window so hopefully hopefully um we can have uh, something to talk about on next week's podcast but uh um, well, that's that's all we've got time for on this week's podcast. It's been a show of two halves, and the second half, quite frankly, has been better than the first one. Um, so <laughs> I hope you found your fast-forward buttons. I hope you got through to the Derek Clark bit, which was more interesting than my bit. But, um, <laughs> you know, thanks for joining in again, Derek.
1: No, <laughs> well, it's great. Uh, like I say, this is my, my favourite podcast. I listen uh, religiously every week, so uh, it's always a pleasure to come on and talk all things Bolton uh, with the number one Bolton podcast. So uh, thanks for having me.
0: Take that, James A. Caster and, and Ed Gamble <laughs> and, and Josh Whitcomb's many Folk podcasts, number one. <laughs> right, okay. All that is left, to, until next Friday, all that is left to say is, I've been Mark Isles. And I've been Derek Clark. And this has been The Buff.